Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And he made a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Something was not right. There was a dis-ease. There was an unfinishedness about creation. After all was said and done, it wasn't said and it wasn't done. God looked out over creation, seeing all that he had made and all that he had called good, and yet it wasn't quite right yet. One one last piece to fit into perhaps you know a little bit about the controversies of the time of martin luther how does one receive the forgiveness of sins how does a sinner stand before a holy god those those really aren't the questions people are asking today how does a sinner stand before a holy god i I've been to the cafe any number of times in town. I've never had anybody ask me that question. Uh, I'd, you know, I'd love for them to ask me that question. I've got all kinds of ready answers for that question. How does a sinner stand before a holy God? Because of Jesus. But the culture and the world around us is asking very different questions today and providing a whole host of a variety of answers along wide, wide open spectrums when it comes to this text, this text, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve given to the world as a gift to the world and as God's gift to them individually and God's gift to them together that they might be one under him. That whole concept, that whole concept that a person is created and gifted and given to be what they are and as they are, and to have the Lord be the one to describe for them what it is to be a human being. All of that is not taken for granted any longer. The concept of self-discovery, no matter what its origins may have been as far as trying to sort out uh, our lives in the world and to discern the will of God or to even discern kind of what we're good at. Remember, remember maybe a long time ago when you might have been in school, you might have taken a test, uh, a, a vocational test like, what should I do when I grow up kind of a test? I had, 
I had two things on the top of the list that I got back from my uh, guidance counselor in high school. I could either be a pastor or a mortician. I thought, well, close. <laughs> yes, I was already thinking about being a pastor ever since I was very, very young, but, but that was an interesting juxtaposition. I, I have my eye on morticians now once in a while. I just wonder about, about them. They're, they're good folks in general. But this idea of discerning, I mean, You've talked to 18-year-olds uh, that are heading off to into the world after graduation from high school. I'm sure you've talked to any number of them. Uh, they're still kind of fresh, right? They're not really seasoned quite yet. These folks have a hard time determining what their major in college is going to be or what their job is going to be, much less trying to figure out what their sexuality should be. But the world, their friends, the other adults in their lives, there is this overt pressure to make this up as we go along, to try to figure this out as though there was, as though there was something to figure out. See, that's the thing. It is, it is a basic concept that, that is at the root of so many kinds of sin that scripture describes that is a matter of gift refusal. Remember uh, the people of Israel in the wilderness, God sent the manna and they said, what is it? And then a few chapters later, they're grumbling about it. We're sick of it. We're sick of this manna. We're sick of your gifts, God. We're sick of the way you have determined to be generous to us. We want, we want it to be different. We want a different way. We want you to be different. We want you to be in our image and not the other way around. In fact, wouldn't it be great if we were God and you just weren't? You see, this, this, this kernel of dissatisfaction, this kernel of rejection, of the gift of God is played out in lots of different realities. Uh, rejection of, of baptism for infants, rejection of the gift of, of grace altogether. That was the 16th century idea. No, we've got to work our way into heaven ourselves, pull ourselves up for our own spiritual bootstraps. But to be given a gift well, that's somehow dehumanizing. When from God's perspective, that is essentially what it is to be human. Right? To be receiving the gifts of your creating, loving, providing Father in heaven. The very gifts that sustain and keep you in his care and under his protection, under his guidance, under his blessing. Whoever, whoever doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child, as a receiver, as, as a helpless one, no matter how old they are, 
recognizing that it is God who gives this gift of the kingdom of God into our lives by his grace and by his word that he acts, that, that it's his creative word that not only creates, but recreates and provides this new life. It is a generous God who gives these wonderful gifts that flow through his creation and provide for all of this abundance. And it's not as though he, he does this in a way that demands no questions asked. But it is. It is a gift recognized where there isn't this multiplicity and kaleidoscope of answers. God has given this giftedness to us so that we know exactly who we are because he is our gracious father. But now we take the gift of God, our own very being, our own selfhood, our, our physical bodies, our mental capacities that, that think about our bodies in different ways, our own temptations, our own consideration of options for how we might express ourselves sexually. And we think that all of these things, all of these things need to be accounted for. We think that all of these things need to be accounted for as part of God's good creation rather than, rather than part of the brokenness that our sin has caused. You see, rather than recognizing that the, the fractured expressions of sexuality and gender that may be embedded in my mind are a part of my own fallenness. I want God to redefine good and evil according to whatever I happen to feel at the moment. And then, then the question has to become, is there anything off limits then? If everything is acceptable, then there is no word of the Lord that provides any guidance and no law that gives direction and nothing that can determine what is right or wrong. Well, this is the fruit of determining good and evil on our own. Because when we're doing it, everything I do is good and everything anybody else does is evil. Very easy that way. But to receive God's definitions and to receive God's gift of me and all that is me, and then to have the humility to be taught by the Lord what that actually means, that I am a human being under his rulership, that I am a male under his rulership, and that I am given to certain directive things that ought to be circumscribed by his direction, wisdom, love, guidance, and vows, so that there is a safe place where the word of the Lord and where the gifts of his love and truth can be passed on to the next generation that comes. 
that these things are all embedded in the goodness of what God gave when he gave the world humanity. And that there is no smudging intended by the Lord and that all of the current smudging of all of the various lines that are created is a product of the fall. And it needs to be recognized as that so that we can be honest about our calls to the truth. Now that's not to say that any number of folks experience any number of different kinds of temptation. But it is to say that none of us, none of us, none of us should define ourselves by what we are tempted by, but instead define ourselves by what God has called us to be. His dear children under his rulership living our lives together as male and female under his rulership and under his lordship. To let the creator who knows how he has established things run the show. And to recognize that he has not left us without tools of spiritual warfare in the face of those temptations. But that he has provided his son Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and that he has provided also all the gifts of his Holy Spirit so that we might combat those temptations as they come along. Our minds, souls, and even our bodies are broken by sin. And there are cracks in our armor. And so one of the reasons that we come together around the body of Christ to be the body of Christ is so that God's work can fill in all of those cracks once again. That we can rearm ourselves. That we can with a clear eye come to the Lord and say, I am a poor, miserable sinner. I know it every single day. I know it every time I close my eyes and my mind is filled with all kinds of things that I wish were absolutely not there. And yet, and yet they persist and they demonstrate to me the extent of my own brokenness. Save me, Lord, from this in that I don't ever want any of those things to ever be exerted outside even of my mind as horrible as even that is, for all the pain that anything outside of my mind might ever cause to people around me. And yet, Lord, if it be your will, grant your Holy Spirit in such a way that even those things, those things could be taken away, so that I might close my eyes in the evening and that my mind would be at rest in you that this singularity, that this singularity of purpose and giftedness and love would not be breached by all the chaos that would well up from my broken mind, my broken heart, and my broken body. 
to live as a child of God in anticipation of what God is going to give us on his great and glorious day. And with the full knowledge of what he provided for us in the past before the fall, and to recognize that our Lord Jesus, that perfect one and only Son of God, given to us at Christmas, is his down payment, along with the full expression and gifts of his Holy Spirit to call us into relationship with that child. These are our saving graces. But around us, while the world is not asking questions about justification by grace through faith alone, it is asking, how can I know what it means to be a human being? And how many definitions are there now for what it means to be a human being? And this wonderful cascade of multiple choice answers about what it means to be either male or female or something very, very different is all a matter of not taking God's word seriously or not taking God's gift and keeping it precious, cherishing it, loving it, and finding comfort, comfort in the stability and the giftedness that God provides. How can a young person who struggles so mightily with trying to figure out what they're going to be when they grow up, when the question is simply a matter of how they're going to make a living, placing such a kind of question as the core of their own humanity in their lap when they are, when they're just getting started. How evil it is to impose that kind of confusion on them when God has already been so terribly, terribly clear and made it so terribly, terribly easy to recognize here is the good. And when there is one good, it's very easy to recognize that everything else, everything else needs to be called back to the gift that God has provided. Remember that this text for us, God's gift of Adam to the world and Eve to the world and Adam and Eve one to another, is a text that comes to us before the fall. It is part of the thing that was clean, pure, holy. It is the memory that is still implanted in all of us to know what right is. It is part of what God made and gave. And it is the mirror that reflects our Lord's relationship to each one of us and all of us together when he calls us his bride, the church. And it is the future that he has in mind for all of us when he calls us to his side and calls us his dearly blood-bought bride on the last day, when this time of betrothal will finally come to an end and we will be wed together with him 
in the great and glorious company of all the renewed creation and the joy of all the angels as his bride comes to him dressed and adorned in white as a new Jerusalem so that God and man might dwell together, the husband and his bride forever. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen.